Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And with even more help, Julie Weisenhorn <laughs> from the U of M is going to be answering all of those lawn and garden questions for you today here on our Smart Garden Show. Julie, good morning. Hey, Denny. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. Looking forward to that extra hour of sleep. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> I've been a little shy on sleep these days. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, and and you, are you guys performing this weekend? We are. We're playing today uh, at the Tonka Brew Fest. This is a fundraiser for our local uh, Rotary and one of their biggest fundraisers of the year. This is the 10th year we have played for this event. So 10 years of Tonka Brew Festing. It's wow. pretty cool. Uh, we've got uh, local breweries around, uh, small breweries, and uh, they'll be handing out samples of their elixirs, and we mm -hmm. will be entertaining the crowd with some music. Tell me again when, uh, what time today and where exactly, location. We, we play, uh, the event goes from 3 to 6 p.m. It is located at the Pavilion at Gale Woods Farm in Minatrista. 
So right off of County Road 110 between Mound and St. Bonifacius. There are still tickets available at TonkaBrewFest.com. We will mention that before you take your leave. The group awesome. is called The Abiders. We talk about that every time Julie is on. <laughs> fun group. Fun group we're looking for. I'm going to try to check you, check that out myself if uh, if I can m- move away some some uh, <laughs> some of the honeydew list goodies. Um, we're here every week, by the way. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Smart Garden is here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to call it in, you want to text it in, here's the one number for either. 651-461-9226. Well, I talk about mixed weather, Julie. I see Holy all the cow. snow that we, we had. I thought, well, I may be a little late with that dormant seating, and now it looks like, given the weather, I'm going to have to wait even a week or 10 days, uh, right? I mean, it, well, I know we're going to get questions about dormant seating. And for those that are new to the show, can you kind of give us a little hint of what that means? What is that? Sure. So dormant seeding is putting down grass seed at a time of year when it's too cold for that seed to germinate. We don't want it to germinate because any of those new little seedlings are not going to make it through the winter. So it's kind of a waste of seed. So you want to time your dormant seeding, and you start by cutting your lawn down to about two inches, so a little shorter than we usually recommend. If you have bare spots, you can rake them up with a rake. The soil shouldn't be frozen yet. And then go ahead and put your seed down at the at the uh, appropriate rate, and you can see that on the package of the seed. It will tell you how uh, to set your cedar or your whirly bird or whatever uh, method you're using. And then go ahead and just rake that seed in a little bit. You want to get good seed-to-soil contact. Let that seed kind of lie dormant, hence the name, through the winter. And in the spring, when we have adequate moisture and temperatures, that seed will germinate. You'll get a head start on your lawn. So it is a little bit, it looks like it's kind of warming up a little bit, but we still have pretty cold night temperatures too. So... So you think um, it's still safe to do? I think maybe so. Um, we've I know some people have already dormant seeded, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, that snow was really helpful. If we have snow in the forecast, that's great because it's ideal if you can kind of get some moisture to that seed and before it uh, before it freezes. So um, yeah, kind of just watch the temperatures, and you're looking for you know forty or so for the high, and and then night temperatures are going to be, I think, in the 20s or so. Yeah, I was uh, glancing at the forecast, and it's about that. that. Now, tomorrow, it's going to be 55 or near it. However, the rest rest of the forecast the week. Now, we're expecting rain, Julie, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, basically Wednesday night maybe, and with the highs around 45 Lows around 32. You think that's going to mm-hmm. be okay? I think it should be okay because the temperatures yeah. at night are going to be pretty pretty chilly. So, and it uh, is just, November. And it is November. Yeah. yeah. See, so, yeah, I think. All right, could go well, we got that out of the way. Now let's answer some <laughs> other some other questions via either the phone. If you want to call Julie, that's great. Uh, the number is six five one four six one nine two two six. Or again, if you uh, if it's easier. Uh, just send us a text, same number, uh, 651-461-9226. Let's grab a phone call. Sounds Jane good. calling in uh, from uh, Lakeville, I believe, this morning. Thank you, Jane. What is your question for Julie? Hi. Um, I have an indoor plant question rather than a okay. lawn and garden question, but okay. I'm wondering about my cactus. Um, so I had this beautiful Christmas cactus, and it bloomed all the time. 
and all of a sudden, all the uh, it all started dropping off. So it was like the stems were dying. So I put them in water, and they they wouldn't root. But now about half the plant is left, and it's got buds on it, like pretty big buds. But now the stems are starting to fall off again some more. What am I doing wrong? Because it was so beautiful for so long. So Christmas cacti, or holiday cactus, we call them, because some are, we have Easter cactus, we have Thanksgiving cactus too, they're different species. Um, They are very sensitive to too much water, and what you're describing to me sounds like you might be overwatering it, or maybe in a container that's not draining very well. So uh, stop, kind of stop watering it. You might even want to transplant it once the buds have opened and bloomed. Think about transplanting it, but kind of back off on the watering. It does like to be dried out before you water it. And then also be sure that it's not sitting in a second pot. Sometimes they come in like a foil or they're put in, we put them into a decorative pot that doesn't have a hole in the bottom. So like a pot in a pot. And sometimes that builds up water between the two pots. The one pot drains into it and holds water. Pot in a pot. And sometimes that builds up water between the two pots. The one pot drains into it and holds water. And that's that's one of the worst things you can do for Christmas cactus. So good drainage is important. And then also just uh, you may want to transplant it after it stops blooming. Okay. Julia Texter wants to know, would Brussels sprouts or broccoli be safe to eat from the garden since the weather has been so cold in the past? Oh, yes, I think it would be. Um, these are plants that, that really actually can tolerate a little bit of frost. So, yes, you could certainly eat them. Good morning, Texture says. What are your thoughts about planting trees right now, for instance, a maple? I think I would wait, and I would plant them in the spring. We're, we're kind of beyond the time when the plant can get its roots reestablished or start reestablishing its roots uh, as it goes into the winter. So, um, yeah, it might be a little bit late in the season. I'd, I'd hold off and make that uh, to do, put that on my to-do list for spring. Another little plug from a listener uh, before we head to this break. <laughs> uh, good morning, Denny and Julie. Please announce that the Washington County Master Gardener volunteers are hosting the Garden Market today at Ooh. the Bayport Library 10 to 2. Please come and support the UMN Washington County Master Gardeners. So All there. right. Thank yeah. you to all the master gardeners for all you do. You are you're our extension of extension into our Isn't communities. Isn't that true? Great educators. And yes. yourself. 816, that's central daylight time, but as we mentioned, <laughs> uh, we're going to be losing daylight saving time overnight tonight, 2 o'clock tomorrow morning. We go back to standard time, which means you fall back. You will gain an hour of sleep if you so desire. So turn your <laughs> clocks back one hour as you retire tonight. 28 degrees in the Twin Cities. We'll be right back. Had a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning for Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. And uh, as usual, Julie, we have many text messages. Excellent. If uh, you'd like to call Julie and instead of texting, that's fine too, 651 461 9226. We mentioned uh, earlier, Julie, dormant seeding. This uh, listener right. says we dormant seeded a bee lawn 
on oh, our good. boulevard. Should we put down the organic lawn starter this fall or wait until spring? Uh, let's see. I think wait until spring. I don't think we want to be putting down uh, starters at this point. So when you start to see things green up, then I would say go ahead. And the temperatures are correct, so look at the starter package. And I would go ahead and put it down in the spring and get, get a good head start on that lawn. I was looking at another text, Julie, uh, from a listener saying, can I still put down a winter fertilizer? And I noticed yesterday I forgot to do that very thing on my front. Yeah, I saw a bag in the garage. And I thought, looking at the forecast, 40s, mid to maybe upper 40s for daytime highs with rain, maybe, mm. maybe I can sneak it in. Maybe so. The yeah, the recommendation is mid October, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean the soil is not frozen yet. That's the I think that's what we're trying to prevent is people putting fertilizer onto yes. frozen soil, that's because true. it will just roll off into you know into our waterways and into our it's kind of a waste of product also. So I th- I think at this point I would I would probably wait until spring. It's probably uh, May, safer. Yeah, May through late June. Um, people get busy, and then they think, oh, I didn't put it on. Yeah. So. Better to yeah, be safe. I think so. We're into November now. So. Yeah. Okay. You convince me. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, we have, Texter says, an old oak tree at the corner of our lot close to the street. A car accidentally jumped the curb, ran into the tree. Luckily, no one was seriously hurt, but the tree did sustain some wounds. The bark is off a big section, probably a 20-inch diameter, and the tree wood is exposed. Is there anything we need to do to protect the tree? Probably nothing at this point. Um, let me think a minute. I'm thinking about oak wilt. Um, I think if, if just to be on the safe side, you could paint it with a sealer, and you can purchase that at a local garden center or nursery. Or you can use latex paint and just paint that just because uh, it should heal over itself as far as it will um, uh, not heal a callus. It's not going to grow new bark on it, but it will kind of toughen up. But I think that just to be on the safe side, I would probably paint it with some latex paint. Use something dark so it doesn't, you know, not, not like a big yellow splotch or something. That was, that was their other question, Julie, about spraying mm-hmm. with a black uh, sealant of some Yeah, sort. with a sealant. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, good deal. Can we trim peonies and hydrangeas today, question is? Trim peonies and hydrangeas. You can certainly cut your peonies down and compost those. And hydrangeas, I would, I, personally, I like to wait until spring for those hydrangeas, and I would recommend that. They're woody plants, and if you start pruning woody plants now, they may, considering the weather, I don't know, I can't predict what it's going to be like, but you may not get any new growth hardening off. I doubt you're going to get much new growth at this point, but I would wait and prune them in the spring, and that, that way you also get some good winter interest from those flower heads. A couple of things I wanted to mention. We always like to mention... Uh, a couple of things, actually. The uh, Arboretum and the yes. Apple House. Favorite time of year to head to the Apple House. Yeah. But the same for the Arboretum. What, what's going on there, Julie? Well, there's always great landscapes to see, but we have um, a, a lot of classes going on. But we also have uh, winter lights starting. Can you believe it? 
They're going to the tickets. The first tickets are available for November sixteenth. That's the first night of winter lights. So this is our staff is working just day and night to put these lights out around the entire arboretum, around all the buildings, the walking paths. It's gorgeous, and you can go online and get your tickets for that. And it is fantastic. I think last year Carl and I went five times. We took different people to it. But it's a it's a really neat thing. So we're already decorating for the holidays. So all the gourds are going away and they're frozen from being outside. And so there's always great things to see. There's also uh, exhibits there as well. So our Anderson Horticultural Library has some cool exhibits that you can see. There's always the conservatory if you're kind of feeling chilly. And, and definitely stop at the eatery and get some cocoa or coffee, have some lunch. Uh, it's, it's just a great place to be at this time of year. It really is. And just as a reminder for folks maybe who've never been there, uh, you have to go online. You just kind of reserve your time, which is really efficient, helps everybody out, including you. It does because it helps particularly with getting into the front entrance. So it, it makes things go much smoother for people. There's parking available. You can visit the website arb, A-R-B dot U-M-N dot E-D-U, and you can see the garden highlights. You can get your tickets for winter lights. Uh, we certainly uh, we have Give to the Max Day coming up if you are uh, interested in donating to the li- to, or to the Arboretum. They also have trail conditions posted, and there's an Apple House Holiday Boutique that's opened now, uh, started on November 4th and goes through December 20th. So that is located just off of County Road 5, Highway 5 and County Road 13, across the across the road and a little bit west of the Arboretum entrance. Yeah, a very quick hop, yeah, from, yes. from the Arboretum. Yep, absolutely. Great place. Um Back to some text messages, Julie. Uh, let's. Oh, we just had a bunch more <laughs> come in as, <laughs> as we right spoke. In. Um, my cousin, Texter says, uses vinegar mix on Creeping Charlie. Do you think that's valid? Ah, uh, no. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, Creeping Charlie is much tougher than vinegar. So uh, vinegar is going to maybe burn the leaves a little bit, but it's really not going to get to the roots. And that's what, unfortunately, the chemicals like triclopyr. Uh, is one that's recommended for Creeping Charlie. It gets down into, translocates down in through the tissue into the roots and really kills the plant. Okay. Here's another one for you, Julie. Can I trim my arbivita this weekend or should I wait until it's a little colder? I'm trying to protect it from snow damage. Well, I don't know if, uh, I guess I'm not sure why trimming was going to protect it from snow damage. Maybe maybe reducing the size of it. Maybe it's hanging over a sidewalk or something. I would wait until it gets colder at this point. And maybe related, uh, another question is, can I wrap an arborvitae tree now with weather warming slightly? Will it harm them or should I wait another month? Dexter wants to know. I think if you can wait on wrapping it, that would be best. Uh, we have some nice weather coming up. I don't think it's going to hurt the tree, but it does reduce the sunlight to the tree. And we want these trees to get as much sun as possible. All right. Speaking of weather, Julie, we're going to take a break right here and uh, have a look at that forecast. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we'll have about another half hour of the show to go. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those questions here on our Smart Garden Show. Here's the number, either phone or text, 651-461-9226. From News Talk 830, this is WCCO.
Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO on the 8 o'clock hour. Julie Weisenhorn back with us from the U of M answering those questions. You know, we, we mentioned from time to time we love it because I love it, and I'm talking about the U of M website, <laughs> Julie. Yeah, extension. definitely. For those that have never checked it out, give us kind of a thumbnail. What, what can we find there? Sure. So we have lots of good information on the extension site about all areas of extension, but I want to point everybody to the yard and garden section. We have many, many pages on different kinds of plants, different kinds of uh, ways to do things, uh, gu- you know, guides to things. Uh, we have trees and shrubs and vegetables and uh, fruits and flowers. Lots of good information, information on landscaping. My, my plant selection program is on that section. I wanted to just point out, because we've had a couple questions about this, that we have an excellent webpage called Protecting Trees and Shrubs in Winter. So the person who asked about wrapping trees, uh, people are asking about, um, you know, should I prune or not? And one thing that nobody's brought up is how to protect your plants from animals browsing on them through the winter. And this is a really good thing to do this week because it's not there's no snow or yes. at least minimal snow. And you can actually work the soil to get fencing down into the soil a few inches to go around your plants. So, for example, last year, Denny, you might remember, we had terrible rabbit damage on a lot of plants with lots of people saying, do you think my shrub will live? Yep. So this is a time of year. Get out there. Get some hardware cloth. Look for that four-foot-tall hardware cloth. That's some of the best in case we do get, you know, a lot of snow. It will protect your your shrubs and trees and then protect them. Wrap that, put that around them, and dig them down. Dig that hardware cloth hoop or that fencing down into the soil a couple of inches, and that will prevent animals from being able to climb, to, to dig underneath and get to your plants that way. You can also look to protect thin bark trees. So if you've planted a... A crab apple in the past year or two, you might want to put a, uh, a tree wrap around it. So this is a, a kind of a corrugated plastic tube. It's slit down one side, and you can put it around the trunk. This will protect it from any frost cracks that can happen in the winter. And you can also use the, the kind of strips of white plastic that have holes in them, and you wrap it around the trunk. It kind of molds to the trunk. And both of these things are going to reflect light so that those uh, cells in that trunk don't warm up and then split from the cold. So this is an excellent time right now. We've got a great week ahead of us that we can be doing uh, mechanical fencing or protecting of our plants. So look at that website called Protecting Trees and Shrubs in Minnesota or Protecting Trees and Shrubs in Winter. Extension.umn.edu. We'll mention yes. that before Julie, uh, Julie leaves us today. All right, let's see who else is standing in line here to ask you a question. Will mums survive winter if I take them out of the pots they're in and plant them in my garden? Provided that they are hardy, well, if I'm going to back up because if they've sat outside, they've already frozen and they won't survive. But if they are hardy mums that you have planted earlier and they and you got them in the ground they will probably survive if you are thinking about a florist mum which we have you know available at different stores right now those are not hardy here in minnesota so it has to be a minnesota hardy mum universities had a great breeding program by, by dr neil anderson 
on hardy mums. So when you do look for mums for your landscape this coming year, look for hardy mums that will make it through the winter. But if you have a florist mum in a container, it's not going to survive. All right. Another text, Julie, do we cut flocks down or only when they have powdery mildew? No, you're going to want to cut them down. They are uh, herbaceous, and so they will die back. So you can cut them down now and uh, compost those stems. Interesting text says, is uh, is the <laughs> Japanese beetle, do you feel, primarily a problem in Zone 4A? No, because we've heard of it even in zone, other zones too. So um, it is worse in areas where where there is a lot of population. So that is more in highly populated urban environments, it seems to be. It's not as big a problem out in greater areas, rural areas. So, um, but I'm just kind of, I'm thinking about that. There is n- nothing that says it's worse in 4A than 4B or 5A and 5B, you know, so okay. it's it's here. Yeah. We just have to live with question. it. Mm-hmm. Let's grab a phone call. Monica calling in this morning, I believe, from Bloomington. Monica, good morning. You're on with Julie. Good morning, Julie. Um, good morning. We have spirea next to our deck, and the spirea, there's one plant that, like, heaved out of the ground or heaved up a couple years ago. There's nothing we could do. I noticed that this last year there's a, a smaller spirea that heaved up. Now, they're planted in a rock garden, and I don't know if that makes a difference for them heaving. I'm wondering if we should – we don't always put leaves around the base of the plants in the fall or winter. Should we be doing that to prevent that heaving, or what causes that? So frost heaving is happens in late winter – uh, when our temperatures of our soil fluctuate from freeze to thaw. So it's this kind of back and forth that happens. It stresses the plant, and because of the expansion of the water in the soil, it can push those roots out of the soil. The important thing is that the plants are planted correctly, that the holes are dug big enough. It sounds to me like they have not, they have not reestablished in those locations in other words, how they were planted, they probably, the hole wasn't big enough. It was dug just big enough for the plant. So if you have the opportunity to take them out this spring coming up, then I would go ahead and, and or even still too, because the soil's still uh, workable, is to dig a wider hole and get them planted and settled into that hole better, and then to put your mulch. And you can put leaves on it. You could put... Uh, it, it, you can put um, also wood mulch on them. That probably would be better because they're a woody plant. And and then that will help to moderate that soil temperature so it will gradually freeze now going into the winter. And then the spring it will protect it from that freeze-thaw that happens because it holds that temperature and protects that temperature, keeps it moderated through the through the season. So it just wasn't planted correctly in the first place. Okay. Thank you for the call. Uh, again, here's our phone number. It's also the text number, 651-461-9226 for your lawn and garden question for Julie. Love your show. Texter says, thank you. Does anything need to be done with my outdoor clematis plants planted in ground? Thank you for that. 
Uh, not necessarily. You could put some leaves around the base just to, just like the previous collar, protect the roots. And uh, you could fence them. If, if there, there are different kinds of clematis, it depends on when they are pruned. So some of them we cut right down to the ground. Jackmanii is a real common uh, clematis that we cut completely down in the spring. But there are others that grow on the old wood. They grow on the wood from previous years and bloom on that wood. So those you would not cut back. So those, I, I would actually fence them so that uh, rodents aren't going to be chewing on them through the winter and you'll have a better bloom and more live wood to work with in the spring. All right. This uh, listener, Julie, says, is it too late to plant tulips? Well, <laughs> I've been known to plant tulips at this time of year. <laughs> I think because you can still work the soil, I would still, if you've got tulip bulbs or daffodil bulbs, uh, I would get them in the ground. This is a great week to do that. So I'm going to be planting garlic out at our foodscape at the Arboretum this week. So uh, we pr- plant garlic after frost, and so we've certainly had frost by now. And the, wor- and the soil is still workable. So as long as it's well, still good. workable, you can still plant. should have a good week for that. Yeah, it should actually be nice. Nice to be outside. This uh, texture, Julie, says, my raspberry plants are still green and they still have berries. Should I cut them down? No. You know, uh, as long as there's green tissue, they're still photosynthesizing. So I think I would just, you know, you could you could pull them together and maybe wrap twine around them for the winter, but just leave them. These are going to be your productive uh, some of these are going to be productive next year, uh, probably not the ones with the fruit. But I think the fruit's frozen, so uh, you could <laughs> you probably have frozen raspberries. But, yeah, I don't think you have to cut them back at this point, okay. maybe a little bit. It depends if they're, the, if they're the productive canes, those that produce fruit. They're not going to produce fruit next year. So those you could cut back. But if they're the... Canes for next year, the ones that are big and long and you know kind of arching out, you don't want to cut those back until you have to. Okay. Speaking of cutting, Texter wants to know: Is it too early to cut a branch off an oak tree? We are in. We are past past the risky time for pruning oaks, so you could prune it now. I, I'm kind of like, I err on the side of caution for these things. So I wait until winter to do a lot of that. So that, that's the ideal time is when everything is dormant. Pathogen is dormant. The tree is dormant. And I would, you know, if you can wait, that's, that's great. But you can still prune it now with a low risk of oak wilt. I had a question earlier about clematis. Should a clematis be cut back in the fall? General question. Yeah, so this is the same as we talked about with the other clematis. It depends on the type of clematis. Some clematis uh, bloom on new wood, so the wood comes up from the base, the new uh, new vines, and that you can cut back now. But if you have a clematis that blooms on old wood, blooms on last year's wood, you want to leave that those stems in place. All right. I'm getting a signal, Julie. Time to take a quick break. And uh, we'll have more show when we come back after the break. Just a reminder, right after the 9 o'clock news break, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. We'll be taking those questions as usual in the 9 o'clock hour. Here on News Talk 830 WCC, don't forget, set those construction. We'll be taking those questions as usual in the 9 o'clock hour. 
here on News Talk 830 WCC. Don't forget, set those clocks back one hour as you retire tonight. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming those uh, Lawn and Garden questions this morning for Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. By the way, for those that maybe missed it, Julie, she also plays in, with a group called The Abiders. And we mentioned <laughs> it at the top, uh, but but you guys are going to be, yeah. <laughs> and you're a fun group. You really, you. and you have a lot of fun too. Um, we do. Where, where are you going to be appearing today now? It's a big deal. Today we're playing at a fundraiser. It's the 10th annual Tonka Brew Fest. It's located out at, at Gale Woods Farm in Minnetrista, Minnesota, between Mound and St. Bonnie, just off of County Road 110. It goes from 3 to 6 p.m. And tickets are still available at TonkaBrewFest.com. This is a benefit a fundraiser for our uh, Western Communities um, Rotary, so our West Tonka Rotary out here. Excellent. So we play. Good day yeah. for that. You have good We're weather. the entertainment. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Back to other business here, Julie. When a texter wants to know when, then we're going to grab a phone call. When can I dig up dahlia and canna bulbs and how to store them? So you can dig those up now. We've had a couple of freezes and they've probably kind of collapsed the leaves. So you can go ahead and dig those up now. Uh, storing them is allowing them to dry out. Just put them in kind of a dark, cool place. You don't have to, you know, kind of brush off the excess soil. And then uh, put them in a paper bag, or you could put them in some peat moss that's slightly moist. And go ahead and store them in uh, kind of a, a, a cool, dark space. And check them every once in a while for any kind of mold. Sometimes people will also dust them with a fungicide just to keep any potential for mold from happening. Okay. Uh, let's see. I've got a perennial mum. Uh, mum, texture says, okay. that gets tall and leggy. Could I prune late summer to uh, shorten? So in the in the summer, when you start to see buds uh, growing on that mum, you want to pinch them back. So you take them back to uh, the next growing point and remove those buds. And I know that's hard for people to do sometimes, but that will make a more compact plant. You're removing the terminal buds. And that will cause the plant to branch out a little bit more, and it won't be as tall and leggy. It will be more compact and bushy. Okay. Uh, let's. Boy, there's so many <laughs> questions. Um, I had the texture says a three and a half inch matador maple planted in my yard in early September. The deer did some major uh, rubbing oh. on one side. Uh, I put a wire fence around it. Is there anything else this texture should do for the winter? Uh, I would put one of the uh, tree guards around it that I mentioned earlier. These are white corrugated, probably four foot. I think they come in different lengths. Uh, you can cut them to fit your tree and protect the major part of the trunk from uh, the potential for frost cracks. So this happens when we get warm sun later in the in the winter, and then sun goes down, temperatures drop, and the cells will crack. And so particularly this happens on, on young, thin bark trees like these young maples. So I would protect that stem. Great, you fenced it. Great idea. Hopefully the tree will recover just fine. Uh, do we answer about hardy hibiscus? Another question about when to prune hardy hibiscus. You, you can actually cut those down now. And uh, I would, I'd put a fence around those too because you do have some of the stems sticking up. 
You know, we just get a lot of animal damage and anything you can do this time of year to protect your plants from animal browsing and uh, girdling, particularly on trees and shrubs, is a a well-invested day of putting up a lot of fencing. Okay. Can I plant, uh, they said this is a dumb question, no. Can I plant (laughs) garlic bulbs from regular garlic? I know that's a common question. I buy at the grocery store, do I need to get special bulbs? How do you answer that one? Yeah, so you should purchase bulbs from a garlic grower here in Minnesota or from a garden center. These are bulbs that are grown for this kind of condition. A lot of the garlic we buy in uh, the grocery store is grown in California. So it's really not the best garlic for growing here. So you want to go ahead and buy some garlic bulbs either from a grower here in Minnesota or you can uh, buy it at your garden center. We do have a good web page on vegetables A to Z. So go to our vegetables page and scroll down to vegetables A to Z and there's a page on garlic. And that will talk to you about kind of some of the choices that you have. Okay, there's so many that uh, I know we're not going to get to. <laughs> this is a very diverse question. group we, we, of questions today. <laughs> yes. We uh, we talked about the Apple House, and I, yes. and I I was thinking about this myself. Of course, it's always fun just to go out there and check it out. Mm-hmm. But the listener says, is there a published list, do you think, of what Apple varieties are available at the Apple House? There is a – I know that the uh, Apple House has a handout that's a, like a card, and it talks about – when apples are available. I think they update it every year depending on the kind of weather that we're having. Right now, I was just out there and they had Keepsake and Harrelson. They had some Sweet Tango left, some Honey Crisp. Uh, also, um, Regent, I think, was out there too. There's a lot of uh, gourds and there's some grapes left as well, I believe, that are inside. And so there's still quite a bit of variety available, but they're going fast. Yeah, fun place to visit. Yeah, it's really neat. All right, we've got a couple of minutes to go in the show. Let's see. I had a honey locust tree cut down, Texter says, a few years ago, and I keep getting so many new trees sprouting up. How do I stop these from growing? Well, those are suckers. Those are growing from the root that's left. So taking out the stump is going to minimize that from happening. So if you just cut it down and the stump is still there, they're coming up from the roots of that stump, so having the stump removed would help a lot. Okay. Uh, first, you're planting, uh, planting, planting both planting and planting <laughs> per uh, annual hibiscus. Do I cut them down and leave them alone? What should I do? So annual hibiscus are tropical plants, and uh, you would bring them indoors and then prune them back, and they will drop a lot of leaves. They might actually come indoors with a lot of buds on them too, but hopefully you brought them in by now. And uh, just prune them back, give them a good shape, and, uh, and then just put them in a sunny spot and water them. Watch for insects. We have a good webpage called Managing Insect Pests on Indoor Plants, and that is, has some good guidance to some of our common houseplant pests. Yeah, let's. We we just have sixty seconds to go in the uh, in the show, <laughs> oh, Julie. So let's uh, let's mention again the uh, website extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. Right, go to yard and garden, and uh, you can find good houseplant guidance. Definitely look at protecting trees and shrubs in winter. That's one of our web pages under the trees and shrubs section. We do have a lawn care calendar as well. That's under our lawn care section called the Minnesota Lawn Care Calendar. 
that helps you helps guide you on the best and second best times to do things in your landscape for your yeah, lawn. Great information. Hey, break a leg in the uh, in the, act, the big act today. <laughs> and, Thanks, Denny. And let us know how it goes, and maybe we'll see you later, and we certainly will talk to you again here on CCO. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Now, we are planning and getting ready for our home improvement show, so if you have any kind of a home improvement question, in fact, we already started getting a couple of text messages earlier uh, this morning about that very thing. So keep that in mind. Andy Lindis will be coming along next hour answering those particular kind of home improvement questions. You can always call. You can always text 651-461-9226. Set your clocks back one hour as you retire tonight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.